Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. The NFL draft is upon us. And for many college football players out there, their futures are just beginning. Before we get into the draft, I wanted to bring up a a recruiting story, Chris, uh, because there was big news in the recruiting world, and it has to do with the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, it is. And, of course, we've got just loads of recruiting information, what I call recruiting minutiae. Every day in our college football notebook at LandryFootball.com. But the big news, and we don't get to a lot of it because it would take, you know, be an eight-hour podcast. But uh, big news, five-star defensive end, Corey Foreman, who quite frankly looks an awful lot like Chase Young coming out of high school. And whether he develops into that or not, don't know. But this this kid is um, 6'4". He's 265. He can really move. He committed to Clemson on January 26. Uh, he's now he's from Corona, California, and I think he's, he's the best player in the uh, class of 2021. We're going to sign this December, um, and he's decommitted from Clemson. Doesn't uh, ruled out Clemson, but he's backed off his commitment. And I think the reason is USC starting to make a little bit of inroads in recruiting. They have always been a notorious slow starting recruiting operation. They've made some changes, including a couple on their staff. I think they've made some inroads with them, Alabama, uh, along with Oregon and Arizona state. Um, so it's really, um, it's, it's, it's Alabama Clemson now uh, fighting the, some of the, some of the PAC 12 schools um, for his services. We'll see where this ends up. I would imagine it's going to take us into the fall. And uh, I think likely he'll take some visits when that's opened up again and you can take visits, hopefully in the fall. Uh, We'll see on that. But big time story because we're talking about an impact player. All the guys that Clemson has had that has come out in the draft and been impact All-American players, without question, this is the best looking guy coming into Clemson as a freshman. He may not be as good coming out, only time's going to tell. But this guy looks like one of those guys walking across the stage for the NFL draft, which we're not going to have that this year walking across the stage. This guy mm-hmm. looks like that. He looks a lot like Chase Young right now. He's not polished, but the physical type skill set. Um, so that guy is now uh, up for grabs, at least with the aforementioned schools. Again, Alabama, Clemson, USC, Arizona State. Oregon, uh, at least for now, looks like the leaders. And I'm sure there may be a couple of other people that are that will emerge as well. Let's get into the NFL draft, Chris. Um, does Alabama win the first round? Will they have the most players selected in the first round? You know, I look at the players that at least I believe are first round talents from Alabama. And, you know, you have the obvious. You got Judy. You got Tua. You got Wills. Um Ruggs and McKinney, I think, are first-round talents as well. Uh, so what is that, five? And then maybe 
Could uh, Trevon Diggs? Could Trevon Diggs go first round as well? I mean, it depends mm-hmm. on a team need. But where do you have Diggs graded? Because I would I, all those other guys are first first round grades. Yeah, um, I got him rated uh, in in the second round, uh, a high second round grade, the six four category. But with twenty one first round grades, again, do the numbers, folks. Mm-hmm, You're mm-hmm. going to have those a number of those six four grades, and maybe even some six O's. You know, like a Jordan Love that's and maybe Jalen Rager that, that will end up going. How about Terrell Lewis? Probably not first round, high second, but yeah, they, they could very well win it. LSU may end up having about 15 guys drafted when it's all said and done. Wow. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I haven't because we're going to find out who has the numbers after the draft, but the first round grades, just the 21 players with first round grades. 13 of them are from the SEC. Yeah. You you add up the rest of the conferences all together, and there's nine or eight. Wow. So, I mean, it's just like, you know, you think about it. Clemson's got – now, I do think not only is Clemson going to have Isaiah Simmons, I do think A.J. Terrell is going to be one of those 6'4", high second-round value guys that go in the first. Um, you got Makai Becton. So I think you, you're going to have, you know, you got two guys graded from the ACC. You're going to have a third one. And T. Going, Higgins I mean, could go, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that could be four, you know. And and so we, we the numbers could kind of get a little bit closer. But you look at it, I mean, the Big Ten's got two Buckeyes and two Iowa's, guys that are graded that high. And, um, you know, the Pac-12, uh, I mean, you know, depending on how you grade Justin Herbert, they don't have any, you know, but, but, you know, I think it's going to CD lamb at Oklahoma. Um, not, not, not everybody's got Ross Blacklock as a first round grade from TCU. I do, but I guess the point is, yes, the sec is loaded again and the numbers are going to be there. I think Alabama is going to have a large number and they might, they might win the first, they have, they may have the most first rounders. Now LSU has a couple of candidates. Uh, if you look at it, Burrow will go, um, Justin Jefferson will go. I think Caleb on Chason will go. Yes. So do Patrick, I. Patrick Queen could go and that's four. Now Grant it's, Delpit. An, it's an outside possibility that Grant Delpit and Christian Fulton could go. So you, you certainly from the, if you're looking at uh, the top 29 players in this draft, one, two, three, four, five, six, or from LSU. So there's possibility that LSU could challenge Alabama for the most players in the first round. Uh, we'll see. Oh, sticking with LSU, what's your grade on Thaddeus Moss? Thaddeus is um, a got great hands like his dad, doesn't have his dad's speed. Mm-hmm. I think he's not a great inline type got blocker, but he's highly competitive. He's undersized as an inline guy. He doesn't have great speed, but he's really a solid um, detached tight end that can get open, post up. It's like a big receiver in a in a small tight end's body. I think he's got really good value. Uh, I think that he's a guy that, to me, would be good value. I've got a fourth-round grade on him. I think at the numbers, I mean, th- this is not a good year for tight ends. No. And I think that he could end up in the third round. And and I think that's probably when you start, your board starts to look a little bit even and you're saying, I need a tight end. 
I, you know, you start looking at guys, Cole Komet at Notre Dame, and you could pull Coles and Hunter Bryant and Adam Troutman and Bryce Dean Hopkins and Harrison Bryant, you know, and uh, you, you put Thaddeus Moss in that group of guys that I think are in the five, nine to five, five has a chance to make and contribute category. And that puts him, listen, definitely among the top 10 tight ends in this draft and he'll get drafted. And you know what? His competitiveness, he'll make a team. Yeah, I don't think guy, he'll be a difference you, maker. You said you, you hit the nail on the head. You said the key word detached tight end. And that's where I, I actually see him as a guy that's going to improve in the NFL. Um, and, and his value is going to be seen in a couple of years from now because you have to figure out a position for him. I don't see him as an elite blocker, so I don't see him on the line and, and run blocking. And he's not quick enough, as you mentioned, to be on the outside. So as a detached tight end, as somebody that's going to line up in the slot that's going to maybe attack the middle of the field or uh, those short intermediate routes, I think he's going to get better with time once an offensive coordinator also figures out the right role for him, where he lines up on the field. Maybe he's a guy that you're sending in motion. Maybe he's a guy that winds up starting out at the fullback position and then going into motion on plays. However, you have to get the ball into his hands. You got to <laughs> figure that out. But I do, I don't see him as a traditional tight end, you know, three down stance and, and, and coming off the line like that. Well, I think though, what you have to do and what he'll have to learn is he'll in, and he's a competitor. He'll have to play some inline tight end. I mean, you do sometimes and just by formation, he'll be competitive. He's just not going to move guys out, but he can chip guys and get out on routes. He, here's the thing. He's just, he's nifty enough. He's strong enough. Uh, and he's got great enough hands to where he can be a factor in the passing game. He just doesn't have elite speed. But he's really solid. He's, you know, to me, he's a guy that's got some ability to make enough plays and be an effective player on the next level um, and, and, and be someone that I think you can kind of build around and be be a pretty solid player. Look, I, I think he can be a, um, a Caden Smith type of tight end, you know, that, that with the soft hands and nice snack for running routes. Um, you know, he's not, you know, some people have kind of compared him a little bit to a Jordan Reed. He's got a little bit of that body type, but not quite as smooth athletically as is, is Jordan, but a little bit of combination of a guy that, that can be a starter, particularly in two tight end sets. Let's talk about some of the other players here. And, and you know, I want to focus on some of the guys that maybe don't get talked about uh, on every other mock draft or whatnot, because, you know, of course you romanticize about the top guys. It's what everybody does. Uh, but there are a lot of good players that are going to be taken in this draft that will have impact impacts on their NFL teams. Curious about AJ Espinoza, uh, the, the draft grade that you have on him, uh, excuse me, AJ Penza, is he, the second, well, I guess he would be the third defensive end on your draft board. Well, he, when you look at the defensive ends, uh, he's a little bit different. He is a left end type guy. He would be, um, you know, in terms of edge rushers, Chase Young certainly one, and Caleb on Chase on who's doesn't have a whole lot of production, uh, would be the next best edge rusher. But Epineza is really intriguing in that to me he's strong he's um good size he's long he's thick he can ragdoll ragdoll offensive lineman uh, i think his speed his athleticism while not elite is solid 
he does some Cam Jordan type stuff now. You know, he's not as special as Cam Jordan athletically, but you know what? Cam Jordan coming out of Cal was a very good defensive end. He lacked elite traits and he depended a lot on power. That's Epineza. So, you know, th- this guy could play a 3 4 end, he could play in a 4 3 left end. I think this guy's a player. And, and I, I, don't know that I would say, look, if he can become close to Cam Jordan, Cam Jordan is a blue grade player and has been in one of the best players in the league. So if he comes close to that, that's pretty doggone good. I think he's a quality player and I don't think he has a real downside, meaning his floor is pretty high. He's not going to be a bust. Kalewan Shason may be a special edge rusher. I don't think he's going to be uh, an Arden Key or a Kiki Mingo. But he might not be great. This guy's going to be really good and play almost at a Pro Bowl level. He's just not going to be the edge speed rusher. He's going to be the guy that's going to push the pocket, close the corner, uh, like Cam Jordan does. I I love to have that, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, sticking on the defensive side of the football, who is Kyle Duggar, and could he be the most impactful player that no one's ever heard of? Well, Kyle Duggar uh, is – is an intriguing guy to me because he's from Lenore Rhine. He's a safety that is very physical, that looks the part. Um, he's got a little bit of a Kevin Beinert in him when Kevin came out of middle Tennessee state, but Duggar's a little bit bigger, a little bit faster than he was. They've got playmaking ability. Um, you know, he's the prototype in terms of size and physical skills. Uh, he has range to play some single high safety stuff, the quickness and length to kind of shadow receivers one-on-one and got the accelerating ability and long arms to play the football on the move. On the downside, you know, he's he plays aggressively, somewhat out of control. The level of competition is an issue. But, yeah, I think he's a really good player. Um, and, you know, he's, he's just a man among boys on the Division II level, and he stands yeah. out. I like the guy. I think he's going to be a really good safety, and um, I think he's intriguing. We'll get back into the podcast in just a minute, but first, with no more sports on as of now, there's really not much you can bet on. Or so you thought. There's so much action you could still have at betonline.ag. There's eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee. You could bet on the Masked Singer, Kitty, plus 400, by the way. There's $750,000 poker series as well. There's so much fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. I love their Madden Sims as well. I think I'm 3-0 and so far on Madden Sims. Again, betonline.ag. The promo code is MYPOD100. BetOnline. Your online wagering experts. Let's uh, go to the running back position. I think DeAndre Swift's going to be the first running back taken. Um, I-, I was comparing my notes to your draft board, and you kind of have the guys grouped together in in your you know mm-hmm. where they where they're slotted as far mm-hmm. as their their draft grades. Mm-hmm. So you got like Swift and Dobbins and Taylor and, and Edwards Alaire in that kind of group bunched up together, mm-hmm. kind of almost interchangeable. Do you think they're interchangeable or would you have Swift as the top guy in that group? 
Well, they're interchangeable depending upon what you want. For example, Jonathan Taylor is the outlier. Jonathan Taylor is um, not work ethic wise, but built like a Leonard Fournette. He's a downhill power back um, that has just, he's a feature guy, power, balance, light on his feet, uh, very quick laterally, doesn't give you anything in terms of the passing game. So he's a downhill power back. And that that's what he is. DeAndre Swift. So if you kind of think in terms of big power back, you know, I wouldn't say Adrian Peterson, but stylistically like an AP. Um, DeAndre Swift is like uh, uh, a souped up version of Pierre Thomas, a Tiki Barber, um, that type of guy. His prototypical build, lower center of gravity, speed, change of direction, great out of the backfield. So, again, you want the complete back that can do everything, catch the ball out of the backfield. You want Swift. You don't want Taylor. Okay, Dobbins is intriguing in his own right, is that he's more along the lines of Swift that can do some of those things. I don't – I think he plays with better strength. He's he's more elusive than, say, Zeke Elliott. And, and by the way, Jonathan Taylor – it's a little bit different than Zeke, but the same style feature back. So that's what you're getting. Okay. Well, with Dobbins, you're getting a little bit more of a, a, a little lower level Alvin Kamara type, um, you know, type of guy that's got underrated strength, underrated speed, good versatility, reliable receiver out of the backfield. And then Clyde Edwards, Alaire is more of um, a guy that is, Coming out of the backfield, he does more of those things. He's Ray Rice in my mind. That That's what mm. he is. So, you know, you've got your different types of guys. And, and, and so it's kind of what you want and what you're looking for. And I think most people would have Taylor at the bottom of that list because most people are going to want the more complete back. But, again, I got to grade him for everybody, which is tough, and it makes it for somebody that wants a feature back that wants to say, you know what? I want to have somebody that perhaps can do similar things that what Zeke Elliott's done for the Cowboys. And I want to build it. Then Jonathan Taylor's your guy. So there's nothing not to like about him, but, and, and I don't think he's quite Zeke quite AP or else I'd have him in the six, nine to six, five, but I think in style, that's what he is. And then they've got some really good ones in the third, fourth round. I mean, I think Zach Moss and Cam Akers and, you know, A.J. Dillon is like Jonathan Taylor, just not as good. Is there any concern with Jerry Judy with the health of his knee? Yeah, there's a little bit with some, some a little bit more concerned than others. But I think a lot of that is just throw that out there and see if he can drop. I don't think anybody's passing yeah. him. I don't think it's anything major. Uh, by the way, some big news I find out today, haven't even, uh, I've got it up on the website in the today's notebook on LandryFootball.com, but there's every team in the league has completely cleared um, um, uh, uh, of uh, Javon Kinlaw of any okay. medical. So there's some issues there. Everybody's cleared them and passed them. So that shouldn't be a factor for him dropping but I don't think it's going to be the case for Judy either. 
Okay. Uh, now, who are some other, um, you know, mid-range graded players that aren't getting enough love in the national media being talked about, but you have graded as guys, you know, maybe not the ones that are graded for immediate impact, but the ones that are graded for potential impact on the team? I think Michael Pittman's going to be a really underrated receiver and probably go in the second round, so it's not mid-range. I think K.J. Hill of Ohio State's going to slip a little bit because of the depth. Uh, at receiver. I like Daryl Taylor. In fact, he may no longer be the mid gut round guy, the defensive end. I think he's probably going to go a little bit higher. I love the natural ability of Willie Gay of Mississippi State, uh, edge rusher. Uh, I love me some Matt Hennessy, the tough center out of uh, Temple. Um, I think uh, Robert Hunt of Louisiana Lafayette has got really good left tackle type feet that I think is impressive. Um, you know, um, the, those guys kind of, ju- I, I think Devon Hamilton, there's nothing special about him. He's not the strongest. He's not the quickest. He's certainly not the fastest, but he's going to be a quality defensive tackle. That's going to fit in your rotation. And he's a lunch pail type of guy. He's like an, um, an onomata type of guy with the saints. That's just the same type of guy. Now got paid big money. This guy is kind of the same thing. And I think James Lynch of Baylor is very underrated and a very good player as is Jonathan Grenard, another defensive end. Um, So those are just some guys that I think are really good value that uh, I'm probably going to go in that third, fourth round area. I think Cam Akers of Florida state's really good. AJ Um, Dillon throwing there too. Uh, AJ Dillon doesn't run uh, well enough for me, but I think some people may like him. Um, I think Logan Wilson, who's a very underrated linebacker out of Wyoming that can be a good three down linebacker. Uh, I think he has really good value and probably moved himself in some people's eyes up into the second round. Wow. Okay. More with Chris Landry and myself, Scott Seidenberg. I haven't really woken up. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, (laughs) I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. In just a minute, uh, we started this podcast. Uh, well, we started the draft conversation talking about, you know, will Alabama uh, win the day? Will LSU, the SEC, whatnot? When it comes to recruiting, Chris, how, how important is this weekend? Because you know that all of these schools, at least their social media departments, are going to be tweeting out, you know, the pictures of their guys getting drafted. Um, they're going to announce how many guys from each school got drafted. And it's not just about taking pride in having more of your guys drafted than anybody else. This is a major recruiting tool. It is. And I'm going to give you an example of how big it is. Okay. Saw something today. Somebody sent me something, linked me something. No other than Maryland head coach Mike Loxley come out, and I didn't listen to it, but it was a little clip where he's bragging, and and not on himself, but basically sending out best wishes 
to all the Alabama, you know, receivers and mm-hmm. you know type of guys. He's coached because he was a coach and recruited. Yeah. <laughs> so there he is. Now he's not there anymore. He's trying to sell that. Look, I coach these guys, and then, so he's trying to. That's how important it is. Yet you're trying to, you know, get some of that kind of stern around your program. It's huge. Look, the, 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 there's nothing more chalk in sports than college football. We talk about that each and every week during the season. We talk about it each and every year around recruiting time. People ask me all the time, you know, is it about, you know, having this many players in the draft? It's a, is it more recruiting and development? It's both because, you know, it's the ability to get players. That's where it starts. And having the success of putting guys drafted high only aids their recruiting big time, but you got to develop them and you got to do a really good job there. There's some places that maybe recruit really good players, but maybe haven't developed them as good. Miami is, you know, they don't have as many players as they used to, but a lot of their players not very well developed. Um, but they've got some really good athletes. You know, uh, you got place like Iowa. Uh, Epineza was re- was a highly recruited guy, but every year got two tight ends last year, got two off, uh, got a an offensive defensive lineman this year, um, and going to have a couple guys in the secondary. Drafted pretty high. They don't get any of those guys that are mainly four and five stars very rarely, but they have a lot of guys come draft time because they develop them well. Well, the Alabamas of the world, they recruit very well and they develop well. And you're starting to see Clemson do it. You see Ohio State do it. Um, I mean, you look at LSU's draft class this year and you see, man, I see how they went undefeated last year. It's no secret. It's about players. It's about getting them. It's about developing them. And the teams that do that the best are all the same guy. I mean, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, you know, a little bit LSU. You you got sprinkling some Oklahoma in there. I mean, you know, a couple of others. I mean, what do you used to be USC, right? Why does USC have a lot of players? I mean, Pittman, Austin Jackson, there's some good players from USC. Not as many of them. Why? They're not recruiting as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can say maybe some of it's development but they're not recruiting well. So recruiting is where it starts development where it's in the middle. And obviously the end is kind of where they, you know, end up in the NFL. So I think it's, it's absolutely big time huge. What do you have on LandryFootball.com for college fans this week to gear up for the draft and, and beyond? Well, if you like to follow the draft from the college side, we've got that. So we've got the draft boards. You can see where guys are graded, where the scouting reports, draft room style scouting reports, uh, what we have on all of these guys. So you can follow that. But in our college notebooks, we have a lot of draft stuff in there and how things are playing out, but we have a ton of recruiting information. I mean, lots of stuff that uh, Virginia with a big, you know, four-star commitment this way. And North Carolina's on a nice quick, I mean, Ohio State's racking up 17 commitments. And, you know, knowing about these players more and more, we're going to start, as I put the draft to bed, we're going to start our recruiting boards state by state and taking you all throughout the country. So lots of information. If you want to follow personnel and understand that we've been talking about Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs since they were coming out of high school to Alabama. Now they're in the draft. So this is old hat for us. Yeah. And this is what we can do with you is we can tell you about the guys as they're coming in, 
how they're going to transfer, where they're going to go. So where Corey Foreman is going to go, and he could be the next Chase Young. Will he be? Will he develop? Don't know. You can I mean, learn about, about this, that Chris. The time. Two, two years ago, maybe, we were talking about Justin Fields being recruited to Georgia. Then, mm-hmm. you know, then we started doing episodes talking about Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State. Now we're talking about Justin Fields in the Heisman race. Pretty soon we're going to be talking about Justin Fields and his draft potential. So this is what we do. Yeah, no, and look, I mean, uh, three years ago I start talking about Iowa's got two tight ends that are really good. Well, two tight ends going to first round last year. I mean, you know what? You know, you just you 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 can get a feel for players, and a lot of them won't develop, won't do their schoolwork. I mean, they're, they're, but you can follow and learn about the players, about the teams in college, how they're recruiting, how they're developing, then how they stack up in the draft, and then follow them in the NFL on our pro side. So we cover it from soup to nuts. So that's why we we think it's a unique product that we offer at LandryFootball.com. And so if you love the college game and you like to look at it from different edges, and I always say this, you want to be a great college fan, learn about recruiting, learn about the players coming into the league, and learn and watch as much as you can about the NFL because then you begin to learn because really football is it doesn't siphon down as much as it it it, it focuses up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the high school just kind of bleeds into college schematics and style and then college into the NFL. But you got to study the game, in my view, from the top up and the bottom down. You get a really different perspective and an understanding. And we cut to the chase. So you can go in the notebooks and get every day the updated information, everything you need to know that's key. And then you can see the boards, you can see the evaluations, you see the game previews during the season. You get to know who the best players and why. And some of them are best players in college ball, but they don't translate into the NFL. Why? We explain that for you. So, look, a lot of stuff there. We think you'll love it. Um, If you're a college fan, you're an NFL fan, it's one-stop shopping football. Take advantage of our scouting season offer, less than $5 a month. It's like having your own recruiting and scouting department and personnel department, your coaching department for less than $5 a month. You can't beat that. And of course you can follow me on Twitter at Landry football. hundred percent. Follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air and be sure to subscribe rate and review the college football film room, wherever you get your podcasts from Chris, enjoy the draft. I know you'll be busy at work. Uh, we look forward to the breakdowns on LandryFootball.com Once the draft is complete. Absolutely. Look forward to it. Uh, it'll, it'll be real interesting to kind of, Find a home for all these guys and see how it shakes out. Stay safe, everyone. Talk to you soon, Chris. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.